This episode of The Loyal Sun Show is brought to you by Rendine Consulting. If you've listened to us for any amount of time, you know all about Rendine Consulting's commitment to the Pitt Athletics program and brand, and how much they've meant to the Loyal Suns. That's Rendine Consulting, providing investment managers assistance with technology integration. Visit www.rendineconsulting.com for more information. That's www.rendineconsulting.com. Hello and welcome back to The Loyal Sun Show. That's at The Loyal Suns on Twitter. Follow us there and follow us here for Pittsburgh's content you won't want to miss. If you love women's volleyball and hate the changing landscape of college football, this is the place for you. The Loyal Sun Show, a safe, sunshiny place for your Pitt Athletics fix, brought to you by Pittsburgh Sports Now. Today is Wednesday, December 14th, and it feels like it's been about three months since we last convened, and uh, quite a bit has happened. Yeah, where should we start? Should we start with uh, the volleyball team, uh, our new quarterback, the bowl game? I was I was hoping you guys could you know update me on on your lives. How's everything going? How how are the wife and kids? Just got back from Mexico. Spent a week at an all inclusive resort. About half of it, I was just sick and in bed, which wasn't great. But everything else was really beautiful. But it was nice to come home to dark, rainy, disgusting Pittsburgh weather. It feels like home. Welcome back. Do you think it was just your body rejecting all of that gross sunlight? Probably. Yeah, it just didn't. It was a little bit too much of a drastic change for my body to just walk out into the beautiful sun, the beautiful yeah. breeze from the beach. It needs it needs rain and dark, cloudy days this time of year. So smog. Needs the sun to be gone by four o'clock. Although I imagine that's not any different anywhere else. I don't really know how the sun works. All in all, it's good to be back, and it's good to be back on the pod and with the Loyal Sons and talking some pit sports. So where are we starting? Are we talking football? Yeah. Are we talking volleyball? Uh, let, let's get to it. Let's um, let's just start talking about uh, all, and I mean all of the news that happened uh, when we decided to give ourselves a little bit of a break. So um, the face of the program has changed. We can probably start there. Keaton Slovis entered the transfer portal um, the first day it became open and was quickly followed by local hero, Phil Jerkovic, Jerkovic, Jerkovic. Jerkovic. Yeah, we're we're gonna nail that down eventually. Now that he's actually a Panther, and we got him on like the fourth go around, we can actually learn his his last name pronunciation. It seems like every Yinzer uh, thought the program was in shambles when he lost him the first time. And then they thought Narduzzi should be fired from not him the second time, and now we have him. So, ready or not, here he comes. It's funny because Jerkovic was probably the biggest since Terrell Pryor, the biggest player that could have changed the Pitt program, at least from a local standpoint. He was unbelievable in high school. Still, I think the best high school quarterback I've seen in person by a lot. And spoken like someone who never got to watch Joe Burrow at Athens High School. That is Correct. I did not get to see Joe Burrow play in high school, but I did You're get pissed. to see Phil Dracovic 
He was a state champ, absolutely dominant in that Pine Richland offense under coach Eric Kasparowicz. And he was a guy we had hoped would come to Pitt. Kind of felt like they had a chance, and then ultimately he went to Notre Dame. And then the second time around, obviously, with the Boston College transfer, we already had Kenny Pickett. Didn't really make much sense for Phil to come here. But now that Phil the Thrill is locked in, it just kind of feels right, feels poetic that this local high school legend who bounced around, didn't really make much happen in college, will get an extra year at the hometown school. It, it could be a storybook ending, but I, it'll be bumpy. It'll be quite the bumpy road. Pitt fans, Pitt fans will at least give him a shot for, because of his name. But it was, uh, it was bittersweet, I think, to have him finally get here. It's like, yeah, mm-hmm. uh, this guy's rejected us before, and now he's like, oh, I'll, I'll stop by for one last ride. But I'm excited for it. I, I think it'll be a good story, and honestly, give me something to look forward to, and not have to convince myself Slovis was the answer for next year yeah I think this is gonna be the last time I get my hopes up for an injury prone quarterback that comes to Pitt to turn his career around we've already used that excuse (laughs) once oh he was hurt oh his coach wasn't that good and they gave up on him so he's gonna come to Pitt better system better fit and this will rejuvenate his career I did it with Slovis I'm doing it with Dracovic Next time, I don't know if I'll be able to buy in, but I'm bought in. Feel the thrill. Welcome back. The parallels are striking and upsetting if if you really break into it. Um, I mean, it's but, similar, but it's different. One was a kid from the West Coast, never played in cold weather before. Surfer boy coming across the country. Phil grew up in Western PA, played his high school championships in, in the snowy, freezing weather at Hershey Park. It's completely different. He's got a good record in the act. That is true. That is true. And and you know, having that uh Eastern European last name always always helps your uh your marketing a little bit in Western Pennsylvania. Um so before we we about face fully into the Dracovic uh, era of Pitt. Are, are we going to miss Slovis at all? Do we want to put a final little bow on the Slovis era, which is just a weird fever dream at this point? I think it's weird that he had some really good moments that will go down in Pitt history, but it's not what you think of first. If I say Slovis in five years, everyone be like, oh yeah, he was a bust. He beat West Virginia. He said, fuck West Virginia, the pep rally. Pretty iconic moments. So we can't be too mad at him. We got that. I think what I'll remember the Slovis era for is what could have been. If he doesn't get the concussion, I will always hang on to that. Maybe there was something else there. And David, you're looking at me like uh, I'm not buying that. It's pretty hard to deny that he was completely different player before it happened as opposed to after it happened maybe that was just coincidence maybe not but I look at Slovis I'm like this guy came here was promised a veteran team returning he was going to be throwing to the best wide receiver in the country Jordan Addison he was he called Kenny Pickett you know there was no OC in place he called Kenny Pickett Kenny's like oh don't worry dudes will take care of you he'll get you a good OC and then he got him an OC that wanted to run a power eye uh 
1970s offense the whole time and then got his head blown off in the second game his whole team decided they no longer liked him the whole fan base turned on him and he's gone after a year so i I got a feel for him a little bit you did mention something interesting there um i don't think we were aware of any we we as the loyal sons were like hyper aware of any bad blood um between slovis and the rest of the locker room um and then it, it kind of seemed to pour out the second he hit the transfer portal. We heard stories about, you know, guys that were none that we can confirm and therefore give specifics on on the pod. But like we heard stories of like, yeah, this guy was in the portal if Slovis came back and like this position group really didn't like him. And then we 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 saw players tweeting about uh Slovis entering the portal with a real uh buy bitch energy to it. Uh so that was interesting. I did did not know that that was part of it. Um, I will say I didn't mean to cut you off there, but I will say it. like Slovis came into in hindsight came into a really tough position. At at the time it felt like oh this is a great spot to step into. You're coming in with a veteran team, a team who's coming off some success, you're getting a second chance at things. Yeah, I think he followed up Kenny Pickett, most successful player in the past 40 years of the program in terms of elevating the program to a new level, a guy that that locker room really rallied behind and would go to war for. And how couldn't you with Kenny Pickett? And then and then there's another quarterback on the roster who's been there for years, who those guys know, and Nick Patty, who's who's been there in the trenches with them, has gone to war with those guys before. And then you step in and you're the new shiny toy that the coaches want to trot out there. And as soon as things go a little rough and maybe you didn't win those guys over with however you were playing or however you conducted yourself, um, it was a tough spot for him to be in, really. Yeah, absolutely. Um, the expectations and- were really high. Yeah. And in, that hindsight, doesn't help. in hindsight, picking a quarterback before you pick an offensive coordinator, um, that, that feels like that was a bad idea. I understand they couldn't wait, uh, but if if Dews knew he was going to run this power eye type of football, which, let's face it, that's what he was looking for, uh, I wouldn't have gone and, and grabbed the one read West Coast style kid. And I don't think he would have come here if he would have known that that's what he was signing up for. And as far as the the Jordan Addison thing goes, are we now willing to accept like a little bit that seeing Slovis throw might have played into his decision? Because I am still team. He's not leaving there if (laughs) USC doesn't kick the door down with a big old suitcase of cash. But now I can kind of buy a little bit more into like that. That was the door opener. And then the sealer was like, would you like to play for this guy who's going to win the Heisman or this guy that keeps throwing like lazy rainbows into double coverage in practice? Yeah, I thought that. And I'm like, yeah, that's just another reason to leave. But all camp, like all lead up to the season, we heard people who would go to practice and say, Slovis is legit. There were no reports saying Slovis might not be the guy. It was like Slovis is the starter, whether he's earned it or not. It was no, there's no question. He's the he's the starter. So whether that was just all hype or if he actually just looked that good and it didn't translate, I don't know. 
I think we we established on the last episode the extent to which we were lied to during training camp. Yeah, I'm gonna have to sneak in somehow next year and confirm with my own eyes whether guys are good or not. I don't trust anyone else. I think we could get a press pass. We'll talk to EJ. Yeah. Uh, okay, so so final words on the Slovis era. Bummer. Thanks. <laughs> okay, I was gonna say <laughs> thanks, but see you later. Yeah. Yeah, that was weird. Anyway, okay. So while I'm not on John, I, I'm not as optimistic as John is about the Dracovic era. There are a few things that make me believe this. Is, I, I think this is a pretty lateral movement. Um, but the fact that he is familiar with Signetti can move in any capacity, like any at all. And that he is a Western PA kid with a Western PA attitude that that gives him the slight edge to me. I, th- I think this is a net positive. Um, and uh, I, I guess I don't want to say like I'm fully excited about this, but I'm like, yeah, OK, sure. Why not? I I think even without all the reasons you mentioned, even if you thought they were absolutely even across the board next to each other just having the fresh face of a new quarterback with this team, I think will be a positive. I think there was just a sour taste in everyone's mouth around the Slovis era because of how disappointing the one season was. And I think that fresh face new guy in the locker room, I think it'll ultimately because of that, it, it leaves me feeling better about the quarterback position next year than, than I did a week and a half ago. I think a lot of it will depend on, how the rest of the roster shakes out. I think Dracovic at the worst will be serviceable. I don't know if he'll have the lows of lows like Slovis. I sure hope not. I feel like if we had Dracovic last year in some of those games, he wouldn't have thrown two red zone interceptions. I don't know if he would have missed all those guys. I feel like the lows can't be that low. I don't know if the highs will be as high as what we saw first half of Tennessee. That's another one of the first half of Tennessee jar. So he'll be stable, but I think it'll really come down to how they fill out the rest of the roster, who leaves, who comes back, and how it can patch together a team through the portal, I guess. Sometimes I wish that that first half of the Tennessee game never happened and we just got blown out because we we look at everything with such rose-tinted glasses because this dude put together one pretty good half when if that had not happened, we'd be looking back and being like, ship them anywhere in the country. I don't care. Give us anybody, whatever. But uh, so, so Dracovic, not the only quarterback action that we've seen uh, in, in terms of the portal and maybe even terms of recruitment, uh, it might have its quarterback of the future in terms of uh, Ty Diefenbach, a two-star who is committed to UNLV, who we were able to snag off of them um, just in advance of signing day. What do you guys know about Ty? He's tall. Tall, skinny, lanky kid. Can move a little bit, although moves kind of awkwardly. It might just because he's so tall and skinny. But first watch on the highlights. Looks like he has a pretty big arm can make some throws he's a converted wide receiver so he's still learning to play the quarterback position Um, so he's very raw and we'll have to learn how to play quarterback but hopefully being just a raw talented kid they can get him in here put some weight on him and he can turn into something he's definitely going to be a project but 
Mm. Sounds like a guy that Signetti watched some film on and went, wanted to go and get. They probably thought he was a guy who was gettable this late in the process with him being committed to UNLV. So time will tell. And the era of quarterbacks is so this era of quarterbacks that if they're buried on a depth chart, they transfer right away. Who knows how long he'll be here, but you have to bring in a quarterback in every class. It feels like, and, or at least you really want to and give yourself as many stabs at it and hope you hit the lottery. So I think that's what Ty Diefenbach feels like a lottery ticket. It seems like that's probably going to be the move with all high school quarterbacks at this point. I saw a tweet that said the class of 2019, there were five quarterbacks out of the top 50. I've been on which platform that did not transfer. <laughs> 45 of the top 50 quarterbacks in the class of 2019 transferred at least once. So who knows if we'll ever play. I'm okay with taking a, a swing at a guy with high upside, and I'm sure we'll bring in a transfer. I think there's some rumors of guys Pitt's going after. Our last show, Harry told us Pitt's looking at a – transfer a high schooler and maybe one more guy. So I don't think Ty will be next in line to play. I would be very shocked. Yeah. If he is yeah. Actually. I, I really don't Whether hate the Arnell move. or elsewhere. Who knows? I really don't hate the move uh, to get Diefenbach. Um, Dylan, I, I assume that was that, that you are saying it correctly. And I was not. Um, I, I don't hate it. Um, I, I've said my piece about wishing that we had held on to Minchie, but right now with how much quarterbacks are moving, if they don't get to play immediately um, and are going to the highest bidder, the higher rated ones are, and Pitt just doesn't have that NIL capital yet. Uh, I kind of like getting someone and, and being honest with them and saying like, Hey, you are a project. We are going to do everything we can to improve you invest heavily in you. Um, and you might be kind of dumb if you try to jump and play somewhere else before we can turn you into a finished product, because I, I think he's less likely to leave. We don't have to burn a ton of money in, in the event he does in terms of, you know, NIL, which I imagine, you know, Notre Dame was, was offering something to Minchie, uh, and, and I don't know, it just kind of seems, you know, low risk, medium reward. And uh, and you're right, he he might not be the next guy up after uh, Dracovic because there there was discussions of uh, who, who have we been talking to as, you know, a kind of intermediary quarterback. Yarnell um, is obvious. One. Yeah, go ahead. The biggest one has been Christian Vieira. I know it's spelled with an I-E-U-X, but I, I think the pronunciation is Veyer, something like that. The French-Canadian. Uh, the the French-Canadian uh, from Penn State who's transferring. He's been the big name that's been thrown around, and uh, sounds like he's, he's at this point the most likely to flip mm -hmm. of those other quarterbacks. So I think this is just the era of college football we're in with quarterbacks. You yeah. transfer, you go try to win a starting job somewhere if you don't you transfer and it's just going to be an open market every year yeah he seems to be like the in theory he'd be the bridge guy mm -hmm. i think this year will be Dracovic. next year yarnell or vo however Vier. you pronounce it vier been a while since i took french um one of I those mean, two in your defense even in french those letters don't make like those sounds but but I, I guess Peak talked to some people who were able to get the correct pronunciation. Sure. 
So one of those two with a couple years of eligibility would take the reins next year and then hand the baton off to Ty three or four years from now. So I think in theory, that's what the blueprint is, but it's not going to happen that way because it's college football. Do you guys think that this is any indication of what the staff thinks of Nate Yarnell as a quarterback? I think it's hard to not buy into that. Um, I think with the quarterbacks, you have to be super cautious because who knows, maybe he gets upset and he leaves. You can't count on anybody staying. You can't count on anybody being good. I kind of think that if they liked what they saw out of Yarnell, we wouldn't be looking at Vier. I would agree with that. Another year of development in this system, another year of coaching him up, let Dracovic go this year. And if they really thought they had a starter there, it, it would be Yarnell's job to lose the following year. But it really doesn't feel that way. And to be honest, it it was very well known that that week leading up to the Western Michigan game, they were deciding whether they wanted to go with Yarnell or Derek Kyler, the, the transfer from Dartmouth. So very clearly, at least up until that point, they weren't high enough on him to just state that he was the third string quarterback at that point in time. So I think they're probably looking at these other guys and saying Yarnell's here. He can continue working, continue trying to get better. But for that crowd of people who swore that Pitt should have been starting him midway through the season, I think it's very clear that the coaches had no intentions of doing that and never thought that he was capable mm. of doing that. Yeah, I think it would be pretty great if they could start Yarnell in the bowl game as a showcase, kind of like what Nick Patty had the opportunity to do last year. But it'll be Nick Patty that plays in the bowl game. I'm pretty sure I'd be surprised if Nick Patty doesn't get the nod there. But for Pitt fans' sake, give Yarnell a full game against a real team, and then we'll see who's calling for Yarnell's name. Are you or someone you know looking for work in a recession-proof industry? Are you someone that's interested in things like having health care, having a 401k, immediate PTO accrual, an employee assistance program, or referral payouts? Our newest sponsor, Haddad Accelerated Delivery, an Amazon delivery partner, is looking for safety-minded and dependable drivers to join their delivery service team. Be a part of a company that will encourage self-ownership and award bonuses based on exceptional safety and delivery efforts. This is the ideal gig for individuals seeking full-time work or students interested in making some pretty good money during breaks. If you or someone you know is safety-focused, hardworking, organized, efficient, and team-oriented, text HADD to 464-646 to apply. I understand that that is an impossible string of letters and numbers, so here it is again. That's H-A-D-D to 464-646. For a job that's the total package, get it? Because, like, it's uh, deliveries. Hat at Accelerated Delivery is the place for you. So obviously quarterbacks is it's the big position to watch right now. A lot of turnover. Uh Slovis gone. Patty potentially moving on from football or finding a new home. And then, you know, who knows with Yarnell. Uh, but there's a lot of other turnover on the roster. Uh 
who have you guys been hearing about is potentially going to the league or or having already entered the portal and uh and what do we make of these situations? I think we should start with friend of the show, multiple time guest, John Morgan, uh hitting the portal. Kind of shocking. Makes sense, I guess. What do you two make of it? It's very interesting. His comments about it, saying that there are some younger guys behind him who it's their turn to play. And it kind of has me thinking what the future is because that this COVID year thing really just has Pitt has hugely benefited from it. Mm-hmm. Obviously, they got the extra year from Kenny Pickett. They got a lot of older guys on the roster the last few years. But eventually, there can't be just teams full of 24 and 25-year-olds. They'll catch up to you. It'll catch up. So Right. It'll be interesting to see how teams handle it moving forward. But John Morgan's a guy who's played a ton of football at Pitt and maybe just feels at this point that it's better for him to let those other guys step up and just maybe go find a change of scenery, some another place to go sh- show his talent, spend another year. I don't know. Maybe he'll pick a warm weather college. That's what I would do. But I, he also <laughs> has higher aspirations in athletics than I ever did. So all that being said, uh, Trap Walker was great given us some great memories so we just i just want to say thanks to john morgan for all he did for the university of pittsburgh absolutely yeah i i i have to imagine there was it it was at least a little bit mutual um you know i i think the defensive end rooms being so crowded at pit and i i imagine there were a couple developing four stars breathing down his neck um and you know just get he 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 has the opportunity to go somewhere that he is like no question starting could be a guy there. And, you know, I think he should go wherever he feels in best his chances to play in the NFL um, or to get a shot at the NFL. And then I, I would be surprised if there wasn't also a component of it in the pit locker room of like, at some point we got to get these young local hot shots, four stars, highly touted recruits on the field or it's going to look bad to them and it's going to look bad to anyone else local we try to recruit because we we all know Dayon Hayes has it whether whether he has it on a down-to-down basis and a game-to-game basis we're going to see but I mean we've seen him take over games Bam Brima, Nakai Johnson, Sam Lola. I mean these are these are the best recruits on the team yeah I think you both touched on it really well Dylan said if Everyone comes back, you might be hurting yourself in the future. Exactly. Yeah. If John Morgan comes back, that's great. He'd be number one on the rotation. But if he comes back, maybe Nakai Johnson, maybe Elliot Donald, maybe two, three other guys leave. John Morgan's his one year. Then when John Morgan's gone, we got nobody. So I think John Morgan realized he might be more of a rotational guy, kind of like he was this year. Maybe he goes somewhere that has a, an empty cupboard, he can be the guy and just wreak havoc all year, go to the league, and make sense both teams. I had this the same feeling I, th- I think you guys are portraying here um, going into this year when we had so many people coming back. Because remember how excited we were that, you know, oh, Voss is coming back. Haba, John Morgan, Deslin, all these guys, the entire offensive line coming back. I did have a gnawing feeling, and at the time, I just kind of attributed it to being a Pitt fan, being a Mezekist, thinking like, 
we've got some young talent and I I'd be damned if, you know, this means that we're potentially driving, you know, some of our young guys to other schools because these older dudes keep coming back. Um, I, I think I was early to that take because it was one thing for a lot of these guys to come back last year. It would be a whole damn other thing if they were to come back again this year when we all thought the Kenny Pickett year was their last year. Yeah, I think overall it's going to be a balance for coaches and players to decide what makes sense for them. If, like you guys already said, some of those younger defensive ends, if John Morgan Haba decided to come back next season, might have to go look elsewhere. They can't wait another year to start getting on the field. Um, Dayon Hayes is 21 years old. You know, some guys are in the, in the league by the time they're 21 years old. So overall, I think you're going to see a lot of that. There's going to be more movement. And I think some of these guys who won't be maybe taking that last COVID year, not taking it here at Pitt because the coaches have a conversation with them. And it's, you know, we kind of accounted that you were going to be gone by now <laughs> and I hate to I hate to push you out the door. Thank you for everything you did. But there's also, there's also a job to be done here and maybe a, a fairness to these younger guys that we recruited and said, look down the line and this is what our timeline looks like for you. And it's, it's a big trickle down effect because you're seeing it with high school recruits as well too. Uh, a lot of high school kids aren't getting the same type of recruiting action because coaches want to go to the portal for a quick fix or they want a 22 year old mm -hmm. who can come in and help them right away. So I look at that. The defensive ends is one thing. I look at that defensive tackle unit in the middle with Tyler Bentley, David Green, Devin Danielson. I'm not sure that all three of them have the eligibility to come back, but I believe at least two of them do. And that's kind of loaded inside as well with Sean Fitzsimmons, with Elliot Donald behind them. So DeAndre Jules came on strong at the end of the year. So that's mm -hmm. kind of a loaded unit as well. That it's like these guys who have been playing for so many years as the veterans, it's great to have them around. But uh, just yeah, there's a bit of a bottleneck now with with playing time and getting some of these other young guys on the field. So all three of those defensive linemen that you mentioned there, Dylan, can come back. Will they come back? We don't know. I would personally love to know who's coming back right now, but we are in like the smack dab middle of like guys getting their invites to postseason uh, shrine bowl, senior bowl, things like that. They're getting their NFL evaluations. So I think a lot of things are up in the air, but let's just walk through some of the guys who can come back or can leave and see what we're feeling. Cause I think we might disagree. There's a lot yet to be decided. Guess we'll start with the running back. Is he? He gone. Oh, he gone. Gone. Smart move. Gotta. I, I, it'd, it'd be malpractice for him to come back. Yeah. If I'm Narduzzi, I don't know if I welcome him back. Go like, what are you bag. doing, kid? Yeah. All right. Next in line, Jared Wayne. I think he comes back. I think he comes back. I don't really have any reason to say that other than. I the, really hope he does. The, but my heart. Yeah. My heart, heart tells and gut. Me, heart and gut says he stays. I don't know how he projects. He's a pretty big receiver, has been pretty productive in college. I don't know what he would test out at speed wise, but I think he comes back. I'll say he comes back. I think the thought of having Dracovic in Signetti's offense, they'll be showing him all the clips from BC and he'll come back. Who's next? Let's see. Haba Baldonado, we saw he 
don't know if he accepted formally, but he was at least invited to the Shrine Bowl. He posted that out, but he didn't officially declare for the NFL. Yeah, that confuses me. Um, I don't know what the rules are with that. I know if you sign an agent, you're done, but I don't, I, I don't know if you can practice for the Shrine Bowl and then decide, no, I want to stay for a year. I think he should stay. Um, I hope he does because we're losing a lot of veterans from that defensive end room and we'll have a lot of young guys coming up. But also, I, I don't think he did himself a lot of favors in terms of his pro career this year, and I think it might benefit him to do uh, do one more lap around the pit campus. I think he leaves, and I think maybe another year of not great production just completely saps his NFL stock completely. Maybe they look at this year as an anomaly. Maybe his film's a little better than his stats show. And maybe he gets an NFL eval that puts him in the mid-rounds, fourth, fifth round, and maybe that's best-case scenario for him right now. Maybe. Yeah, I don't know what this past year or how much effect it has on his draft stock. I know we've go back two years, looked real good. So maybe that's recent enough. And you combine that with a really good pro day, which I think he could do because he is like a six, six guy who can do backflips. I assume he'll test well. So maybe that'll catapult him into a late round pick and he'll win the league. So I think he'll leave while the stock is high enough. Next. Servasier Dennis. Oh man. I would love to see Voss come back. Mm -hmm. I would love to see Voss come back. I, I think he leaves. I think he had an insanely productive year. He's been productive for a few years in college, and I don't really know what else he can put on tape for NFL teams. He's been so good. That... I was going to say, I think he's been too good and too noticeably good. I know in one of our most recent episodes, we talked about this. I said, I don't know how he fits in the NFL, like the size, position, whatever. If you watch any pit game, if you watch Pitt's defense and it's full of really good guys, Dennis might be the most noticeable because he is all over the place. So I think he leaves. He's too good not to find a spot. Yeah, and the the word on the street is he might be sitting out of the bowl game, and you don't do that unless you are actively hurt or going to the NFL. So I'm going to say he leaves next. Maybe a package deal. Eric Hallett, Brandon Hill. Before the year, I think most of us thought Hill would leave early. Mm-hmm. I know whenever I was in that pizza commercial with Brandon Hill, he said that his Best aspirations friends. was to have a really good year and go to the league, even though he's leaving early. He has more than just a COVID year left. And Eric Hallett, I don't think anybody would have guessed that he'd be going to the NFL. All ACC, though. Second team All-American by the Pro, uh, Football Writers Association. He did himself a lot of favors this year. Absolutely. I start with Hill. I don't think I can make individual rulings, um, but I will say I would like one of them back in the same thought process that we had earlier, where like, you know, we want to, we, we love these guys that have been rocking that Royal blue for a bunch of years coming back and providing that um, veteran expertise, but we, we still want the young guys to start coming through. So um I know they have uh was it Mac was it Royal or McIntyre? Uh Javon McIntyre played a lot balled out against year. Miami. Yeah. Balled out against Miami. Yeah, he's he's showed a lot of promise. So I, I think he's next in line there. 
Exactly. So I'd love to have one veteran presence back there, but you know, I'd also like to see some of the young guys start to get their opportunity. And if I had to choose between them, I think it makes more sense for Hill to leave early because I think a lot of his measurables are more attuned to the NFL. Um, but I, I think we saw a lot more production out of Hallett this year, not to say we didn't see much from Hill. He was great, but you know, how how it was was a ball hawk this year, great tackler, and I, I think the young guys could learn a lot from him. I have no idea one way or the other. I don't know where they're even be leaning. I'm gonna say they're both gonna go to the NFL. I think Pitt's track record with DBs will help these guys out. I think yeah. NFL teams can look at Jordan Whitehead, Damar Hamlin at the safety position, and then even Avante Maddox, Jason Pinnock playing corner, even though I think Pinnock's played a lot of safety in the NFL. Regardless, NFL DBs, Damari Mathis, another. You can go down the list with all these guys mm-hmm. that Narduzzi's produced. I I agree with Squid here. I think they both go. I think Eric Howlett. I don't know how the NFL really treats the age. Like the NBA, it's like once you turn 20 years old, you're damaged goods and you might as well <laughs> you're you're too old to ever get any better. I don't really know how the NFL treats that. We know we heard all the stuff about Kenny leading up you, to the draft. You hear it for quarterbacks. I don't think I've heard it a lot for other positions. Right. So and which I think makes sense because most guys you get four or five years out of a guy in the NFL. That's a great pick anyway. So all that to be said. Um, how it's on the older side, he might be ready to just move on, give the NFL a shot. He's, he's had his time in college. And then same thing we, we were saying about Brandon Hill. It seemed like before this year, he was kind of a foregone conclusion, like another good year out of him. He has the measurables. He has the speed. Um, just one of those guys who was ready for the NFL. And then he didn't have a lot of huge splash plays this year. He had the scoop and score against Duke but maybe a little quieter of a year than we expected. Not the same postseason recognitions that he got in his first year as a starter, but I think, I think they both go. All right. I just jumped over somebody when we were in the, the D line portion. I think he's gone, but I'll bring it up. Kalaja can't see gone, gone. Okay. I know there was a little bit of hesitancy whenever we first found out he was hurt. I think he's gone. I do think there's a chance. There's an argument to be made that if he comes back and has another monster year, teams are going to be like, okay, but he's just a baller. He He's not too small. We're not worried about that. Yeah. I think he will leave this year and he'll go third, fourth round and whatever team gets him is getting a stud. Yeah. I think Break. I said there was a 1% chance he came back after our last podcast. Now I'll bump it up to like a 5% chance he comes back, but I think he's gone. Gone. Go be good. And our last one, a guy who's been very vocal on Twitter, Marquez Williams. He said he has unfinished business. What does that mean? Does it mean a bowl game? Does it mean coming back another year? We don't know. He tweeted the other day he hasn't thought about the NFL yet. I'm sure he's waiting eagerly to see what NFL scouts think of him and his evaluation because in case you haven't noticed, he's not very tall. But he is a damn good cover corner. I think he's allowed what one touchdown in the last two seasons, or like in his time as a starter these last last yeah. year. I mean, he's been really, really good. But he yeah. is he is tiny. I Small. remember watching him on the the Panther walk, the Panther prowl into the stadium, and I like had to double take. I'm like, wait, that's Marquez Williams right there. <laughs> that that five nine that they list him at might be a little generous. So that 
is probably going to hurt him with NFL teams. Not probably. It will hurt him with NFL teams. But once again, maybe he can take advantage of the the pedigree that Pitt defensive backs have. I think he comes back for another year. Agreed. I think he comes back. I think he was so good. And I think my favorite part of any Pitt game is watching him talk trash to like a 6'5 receiver. And you're like, wow, that guy is so much bigger than Williams. He's talking trash. And then like a quarter goes by. I'm like, they didn't test him. It's not like they tried throwing to that guy and he was there. They don't even think about throwing it to him because he isn't open. So I love Williams. I hope he's back. So there was a Miami fan on Twitter who took a picture of Marquez Williams talking smack to one of the receivers or tight ends who's like 6'5", 6'6". And they're like, oh, this just shows the OC doesn't know what he's doing. They had this tiny guy on on number 80 or whoever it was. And Marquez Williams replied and like, no, I had him locked up. That's why they didn't throw it to him. And they knew they knew who they didn't want to throw at. And that's the truth, because he's been absolutely locked down for Pitt. So he yeah. does have a young daughter, young, beautiful daughter. And that might be some motivation to go to the NFL. But I, I do think he comes. I'm hoping he comes back for another season. Yeah, I I just think he's been talking too much cash on Twitter to to go back on it now and, and declare for Lee. I, he was he was he said some stuff when Slovis left. <laughs> and I, I think it would be uh, interesting for him to to say what he said and then also leave. Uh, and, and I mean, just the way he's been speaking, unfinished business, not thinking about the league yet. He's back. But what I want to know is, um, are there any more transfer dominoes we expect to fall? Well, the biggest name for Pitt fans in the portal so far this year, probably Dante Cephas, the Penn Hills product. He's a Kent State transfer, put his name in the portal. And seemingly every team in the country wants him. He has a Georgia offer, Penn State offer. Do we think we can pull this one out? Well, Dylan, you got tipped off about him during the season, didn't you? Yeah. It's no secret. These guys have their eyes wandering other other places before the before the portal officially opens. Well, I guess the portal's always open, but before the season officially ends. And yeah, I heard that there would be some mutual interest between him and Pitt. I didn't realize that there was going to be so much interest from the powerhouses. Everyone else. Yeah, literally everyone else. I thought this might be an easy, like, make a quick call, see if it's the Pitt. Apparently that's not the case. That's definitely going to complicate things. I I have heard that Pitt did the wise thing and uh, tried to get AD involved in his recruitment because how do you not? Uh, But I... Listen, he's the greatest single defensive player in the history of the NFL. But, I, you know, that might be that that's still a little tough of a sell when Georgia is knocking on your door. Yeah, I think there's something to weigh there with Georgia, because th- does he go to Georgia and just be the number three receiver there? Does that make sense for him? I don't know. Georgia, who has one 1000 yard receiver ever. Right. So I don't know if that's what happens. Do you go to one of these massive programs and just become another guy? Um, or do you come to Pitt? And as we saw this year, it sure seemed like they tried to make their Mac transfer receiver last year, the guy, and it didn't happen. So we'll see what happens. But I, this is one I'm going to say I don't think we get him. Well, as of, I think this was today, unless it was yesterday, he had a crystal ball on 24-7 to Penn State. Ugh. So, Ew. I don't know. I think we really need him. I know we busted out the AD card, 
I think we wanted to bust out the Chris Bickle NIL deal <laughs> card because if Jared Wayne leaves, we need receivers. Bad. I know there's I know there's like a bajillion receivers in the portal, but let's just get him. Will we? No. I'm but <laughs> gonna say we do. All right, Squid. Well, there are a couple other receivers that they've been kicking the tires on in the portal, right? Probably. John Beck from LSU. He's a hybrid. They he played some tight end and receiver as a freshman and had like almost 500 yards receiving at LSU. And then this year, Brian Kelly came in, moved him to full time wide receiver. But I watched his highlights. He is kind of electric, just a really big, obviously a hybrid tight end wide receiver. He's about six four, six five, and can move. That's one guy on my wish list. I don't know if you, you guys have any wish list receivers. I'll stay uh, down in the bayou. I think uh, this is going to be a theme in the future. We're just going to miss out on the big Whippeal recruits. They're not going to play in the SEC or wherever Realize they, go. they made a mistake. And then they pull an MJ Devonshire and come home. So sticking in LSU, I think Derek Davis is a name that people are clamoring for. Has he know, officially uh, entered the portal yet? I don't think he has. I, think I know rumors. Gotcha. Some speculation rumors. We've we've got some DMs. <laughs> Does it mean he's going to pit? I have no idea, but I think people think he's going to enter the portal just because it's LSU. There's so much talent. Come to pit, be that guy. Same goes for Donovan McMillan. I was just going to say if we're if we're talking uh mm-hmm. Western PA kids, Peters Township's very own. I don't know how much or how close Pitt is to landing McMillan. I was surprised. I thought he wouldn't consider Pitt because he famously did not put Pitt in his top 12 whenever he <laughs> announced it in high school in Narduzzi. I think it was a back. top 14. Even better. But to make things worse, Narduzzi fired off a, a tweet like, we only want like Pittsburgh tough kids here with a picture of <laughs> Hamlin and Paris Ford. So I'm like, oh, there goes that relationship forever. Uh-huh. But yeah, who I think, knows? I think he might want to come back, especially if Hill and Howitt leave. He can maybe get some playing time right away. And I don't know how – I don't know if other schools can promise that. I think that's I'm a sure big can, thing. But. I think that's a big thing for some of these guys who are transferring. They they might see themselves buried on the depth chart, and those are the, some of the guys that Pitt will have to go get some from some of these SEC programs, these blue blood programs with, with LSU, Florida, if you want to put them in that category. But – Get some of these kids to come home that want to play a little earlier. Maybe they spurn Pitt on the first go around, but don't burn those bridges because they can still end up being pretty damn good players for you. I mean, just look at MJ Devonshire. But yeah, McMillan's a guy who he's a bigger safety. He's a guy who could play like a star linebacker for us. Derek Davis, same thing. I don't really know. Oh, where. And you you think Pat Narduzzi is gonna pass up the res- the the opportunity to take a kind of stocky receiver or safety and turn them into a linebacker. You think he's going to let that pass him by? Exactly. And the same could go for Derek Davis. He's a bigger safety linebacker. I don't really know what LSU used him at. Um, he even, even played running back in high school at Gateway. He was a heck of a running back at Gateway. So either of those guys I'd welcome. Actually, both of those guys I'd welcome with open arms. And I'm sure the, the pit coaching staff would as well. So we, we spent a lot of time talking about the, the portal. 
I don't know if this was intentional so that we could avoid talking about the current recruiting class, which is still hemorrhaging, but I did want to uh, get a couple minutes in on that. Um, Bryce Pollock is gone. However, Pitt is doing a decent job of uh, like a shark at a shipwreck circling the programs that just had surprise coaching changes and trying to pick off some guys. What do you guys make of where we sit at this moment with the uh, recruiting class for 2023, 22, whatever the year, whenever we took our week off, part of it was because Dylan was in Mexico and we wanted to let him not take his laptop and log into the zoom to talk to us while he was in Mexico. In Mexico. <laughs> but we also wanted to let the dust settle and see if there was any right. clarity. So we're not just saying, yeah, he might go, he might come. And then if we did a podcast last week, we wouldn't have mentioned Don, John Morgan as a guy who might transfer. That came out of the blue. We didn't know that was going to happen. Yeah. So I think there's still a lot of unknown. Um, I'm going to give the staff some time to scramble here and see if you're going to keep people, first of all, because I think there have been a lot of decommits and there will probably be a few more, but also scramble to steal those guys from other schools. Well, one guy I'm excited about as a potential commit is Cruz Brookins from Steel Valley. I always love a local kid. I went to see him play. Give me all uh, of them. In the state semifinals against Westinghouse. Great game, by the way. Shout out to the Westinghouse Bulldogs. Uh, state runner-ups out of the City League. First City League team to make a state final since 1997. Amazing job there, Coach Dante Green. Shout out to him. Um, but circle it back to Cruz Brookins at Steel Valley. He projects as a defensive back, most likely, for Pitt. He played some quarterback for Steel Valley. was kind of their do-it-all, do-everything guy. He's bigger. They list him at 6'2", and he hits like a Mack truck. Reminds me of another Steel Valley product that Pitt played at safety. Paris Ford a few years back. So, In what way? Hits people and makes it look like they will never get up. Okay, as long as the comparison kind of stops there. So he was originally committed to Kent State. Pitt's really trying to pick off all those Kent State guys. Uh, But... He was originally committed to Kent State. Now he is a top three of Pitt, Syracuse, and Cincinnati. Uh, with the Cincinnati coaching change, with Syracuse just not being as good of a football program as a Pitt. What's that, Squid? Hold on one second. Do we have a commit? I don't like that breaking news video that I found on YouTube, but I just opened up Twitter. Breaking news. 24-7 sports put on Derek Davis's timeline that he transferred or he committed to Pitt today. What? He said December twelfth, twenty twenty two news. LSU transfer Derek Davis commits to Pitt. Oh, like right now, like right this like, second. Uh, this is actually tweeted like twenty minutes ago, but I just saw it now. Huh. Well, that's. I don't think we've ever done this before. All right, guys. Uh, real time first reaction. What do we What do we think? Even though we were literally talking about this guy three minutes ago i don't think he was even in the portal like four minutes ago when i mentioned his name and now he just might be on pit so is this is this confirmed i'm i'm in shock right now well either way that'd be a huge pickup for pit he was a four-star number 65 overall in his class and we are just really really building that western pennsylvania uh to the sec back to pit pipeline hmm well, I think this is legit. I'm, this is legit. 
but it's weird because he's not even in the portal yet, and they just put up these on pit. So, oh, I've got yeah. I've got more breaking news. Uh, the toy store at the mall doesn't have any elephant squishmallows, so I, uh, my girlfriend doesn't know what to get my godson for Christmas anymore. That is devastating. How about a Derek Davis pit jersey? Wow, two birds with one stone. Let's go, baby. All right, we need we need to get a little bit back on track. Uh, so while we scramble to figure that out, we do have, still have more recording, and I'm sure more will come out of this. But uh, we should probably keep it pushing. Um, yeah, I I was talking about Chris Brookins. End of the day, I hope he comes to pit. Decision day on December 21st. That's my input on the recruiting class. And I, I want that take it from here, David. I, I want that four star tight end that was going to Louisville. Um, Louisville, who is free from the shackles of Scott Satterfield. Uh, shout out to Louisville, though, by the way. They got to get rid of Scott Satterfield and bring in Braum without the necessary middle step of being trash this year. Yeah, remember when all their fans were hoping we'd beat them so they could have an excuse to fire Satterfield? Begging us. They were they were like, please, please get your boys. Beat us by 40, please. Yeah, we couldn't even talk shit. We're like, what? oh, yeah, we're going to. We're gonna crush you guys. You guys suck. And they're like, "Yeah, we know. We hope you do that." And we're like, "Oh, okay." And then we didn't, so we felt even worse. But yeah, if we could flip Jamari Johnson, that would be pretty big for star tight end, and put him next to Bart. See what those boys can do. You know that Tim Salem and Signetti want to put them both on the field together. So yeah. Oh, block. Bart. Bart's another good one. Do we do we see in terms of? Guys, we talked about recruit. Has has the tide turned? Do you think that we will hold on to our sweet boy? He retweeted a tweet about uh, Dracovic coming to a Acrisure Stadium in 2023. So I assume that means he's coming back. That would be great. Yeah, I think Bart will come back solely so he can golf with us in the golf outing again. It's true. So you're all welcome. That's what friends do. So to put a little bow on this, how do we feel? I feel better than I did the last time we recorded an episode. Not a ton better. I still feel like we squandered a lot of that opportunity after we won the ACC championship. The The class does not, the incoming recruiting class doesn't look great and it's only gotten worse. But Pitt, Pitt is doing something in the transfer portal. They outkick their coverage, I think, in the transfer portal. I'll just keep it as simple as this. We don't have to convince ourselves that Slovis will be good for us next year. Woo! Done. That's a victory. Hey, Panther Nation. Have you ever crashed your spin scooter going down Cardiac Hill? Or wiped out on an icy sidewalk in South Oakland? Have you ever been hit by a bus crossing Forbes Avenue? Well, you may not have to pay that hospital bill on your own. If you're hurt in an accident, pick up the phone and call Guido at Guerrera Law. Guido Guerrera is a University of Pittsburgh Law School grad, Pitt football superfan, an experienced personal injury attorney who's licensed in Pennsylvania and Ohio. And it is 100% free to call him for consultation on your personal injury case. So the next time you get rear-ended in Oakland rush hour traffic, or if you fall down the stairs at Peters, call Guido. All joking aside, Oakland and the world can be a very dangerous place. If you need legal help, talk to Guido. He'll treat you like a fellow Pitt fan and never like a number. 
412-229-7757 is the number to call. That's 412-229-7757 to call Guido. You can also contact Guerrero Law at GuerreroLaw.com. That's G-U-R-R-E-R-A. Call Guido today. So we've talked enough about the transfer portal, recruiting class, all the offseason stuff that comes with football. The University of Pittsburgh does have other athletics programs, and some of them are pretty True. damn good. Yeah. Namely, the Pitt women's volleyball team punched their ticket to the Final Four with a win over the Wisconsin Badgers, the reigning national champions. It was electric. Pitt Twitter was buzzing. Cat Flood was flooding our timelines with pictures of her with her crushed it blonde and black hair Cruella Deville Cruella Deville style hairdo fellas I have to admit I have not watched any pit volleyball up until this match last weekend I watched a little bit of it last year I watched the ACC championship match last year but this sport is electric and this team is electric yeah, I was uh, brought on to the women's volleyball scene in college, the Pitt Johnstown women's team, top of the PSAC. I would usually go for the free shirts they give away, but I stuck around because volleyball is just electric to watch. It is. And it's even more electric when you're one of the best programs in the country. However, if you follow us on Twitter, you know that I'm the jinx for all other sports aside from football. Probably basketball too. I'm probably a jinx for basketball. I think we all time... technically are jinx jinxes for the basketball team. Yeah. Seeing they're... as their record the last like six years. They're cursing their own way. That's not my yeah. fault. But okay. it is my fault every time the women's volleyball team loses. I probably watched like six games in the last couple of years. And I feel like I might have seen like one or two wins. Most notably last year when they blew the three to one lead against uh, Nebraska. Yeah, they blew a bad lead to Nebraska in the tournament, and I think that was my fault because I didn't watch the first couple of matches, and I put it on to watch them clinch, and then they just lost everyone since. So I will not be watching. I'll be following on Twitter, but I won't watch because I want them to win. That's very noble of you. I um, actually haven't watched a game yet, um, and you know, I'm, I'm sure some of our we, – we have a very football-centric podcast, so I'm sure a lot of our listeners are not – uh, even even if they're pit fans, many are not following the pit volleyball team. So so sell us. T- tell us about this team, what makes them special and why this is exciting, other than the fact that Pitt has not won an NCAA national championship, um, I think in any sport ever. Uh if because our pre two thousands football championships aren't technically NCAA. That's um, correct. So sell me. They're oh. literally one of probably the four best programs since Dan Fisher took over as the head coach. Like year in, year out, like top 10 team in the country. And from what I've read on the Panther message board, they have their best recruiting class yet coming in this year. Wow. Let's get a, a stud transfer from like, like a conference player of the year in the Pac-12 that comes in for like a grad transfer year. Electric stuff. We've got Serena Gray. She's a three-time honorable mention as an All-American. Um, 
they have Cat Flood. We've already discussed her. And honestly, if you haven't watched volleyball, just sit down and watch a match because the viewership value of volleyball is like this is a sport that actually I think with proper marketing could take off a good bit in the U.S. because it is so action packed. And I mean, they're two matches away from literally winning a national championship. They just took down the defending national champions. Wisconsin was on a 21 game winning streak. They went into Wisconsin. So up until the quarterfinals, they actually play home matches in volleyball, which is wow. also electric, badass. And they Can't went, wait for that in college football. And they went in there and beat them in five sets. And it was, there's a lot of reviews. I didn't realize there were reviews. Um, <laughs> but if you watch college football, you can deal with a few reviews. They're, they're challenges. You only get so many. So it's not every play gets reviewed like like in college football. But um, yeah, it's it's a fun sport to watch. Super competitive, super emotional. I'm sure whatever Jim, uh, they're playing in in o- Omaha will be rocking and pit fans kind of showed up to the quarterfinal game. There were, there was a, a bit of a sea of blue in, in Madison, Wisconsin for that matchup. So definitely tune in a lot of pit Twitter. People hopped in were were tweeting about the match and it's uh it's just another fun sport to root root for, especially this time of year where, where football's kind of in a dead period, basketball teams playing sacred heart in North Florida uh, on Tuesdays and Saturdays. So, you know, tune in, watch the game, watch the match and root your heart out for these girls because they could be the ones who bring home a national championship to the university of Pittsburgh. Yeah. Uh, I saw a tweet. It was a great comparison. I saw someone say it's kind of like playoff hockey. You don't need to know the rules. It's just fast pace. The games are snappy and high intensity. A lot of emotions. Electric. Well, I'm fully sold. When is the next game and who is it against? Who do I hate now? Thursday night, the Pitt Volleyball Panthers take on Louisville Cardinals. They've split the series this year. I already hate Louisville. This is perfect. Nine thirty. Gopher's daughter Thursday played on Louisville. Wait, she currently but plays for Louisville? She did last year. I don't know if she's still there or not. We'll fact check that for you. Yeah. And he asked ESPN for a private jet, so perfect. I'm I'm already tuned up. Red and black is a ugly ass color combination. Um I'm I'm ready to roll. Let's let's go pit. We you know, while while we're on this roll, we also had some other teams finish up some pretty exciting seasons, did we not? Pit yeah, men's I... and women's soccer. Pitt, only school in the country to have a men's and women's soccer program make it to the Sweet 16. The women's team made it to the Sweet 16 where they lost, and the men's team tragically lost to Indiana in the Final Four. I watched that. They got blown out. Um, Sorry, that's my fault. Do nothing isn't like a blowout. I don't know. I was over watching soccer when the U.S. got eliminated from the World Cup, but then I saw the Pitt men's soccer team was still cruising along. And, uh, yeah, now I'm actually on the soccer. You made a mistake, by the way, because the World Cup has actually gotten way better since the U.S. got bounced. And, inshallah, my Morocco will carry on to the championship. 
Sure. Staying on the topic of sports programs at Pitt outside of the football team, the Pitt men's basketball team sitting at seven, seven and four after a win over Sacred Heart. Two times, Federico Federico had a career day with 17 points, 14 rebounds. Nelly Cummings had 24 points, his highest since coming to, to Pitt as a Panther. And Pitt won two out of three games on the road. Uh, they unfortunately lost a tough one to Vanderbilt last week, but the basketball team looking to turn the corner here. After those blowout losses, the WVU and Michigan people kind of jump back off the bandwagon, but this looks like a team who can make some noise in an ACC that is pretty down this year. Um, so what do we think? What do we think? You guys been tuning in? Well, one thing I've been following is uh, it, it would appear we could potentially uh, get some relief on the way. Uh, Dior Johnson uh, pleaded guilty to misdemeanors, which you know, we, we can sit here and discuss student-athlete, you know, punishment and, and all that stuff. But from a purely basketball perspective, it does open up the possibility that he could be back on this team in January. Uh, and, you know, the, the, the team has been looking solid from what I've seen and uh, could greatly stand to benefit from that. And like you said, Dylan, turn the corner. Really, the issue for Pitt so far hasn't been guard play, though. Um, Federico had a big game the other night, but John Hughley, who everyone assumed would be our best player this season, really hasn't rounded back in the form since his knee injury that held him out the start of the year. Uh, it seems like he's a bit out of shape, working to get himself back in the playing shape, in the basketball shape, but I don't know. It, that's going to be something we need to keep an eye on because if Hughley can get back to full force and be a potential ACC, all ACC guy, like he was expected to be this year, um, this is a team who could be really dangerous in the ACC. Uh, Nellie Cummings struggled to start the year. It felt like maybe the jump from the Patriot League might be a little much for him, but now he's looking like an ACC point guard. Jamarius Burton has really kind of taken that leadership role on this team and been the guy when they need a bucket. Blake Henson, Greg Elliott have been great for them in through the transfer portal. So um, I'm, I'm back. I'm back and I'm back excited about pit basketball. Uh, they have North Florida on Saturday and then big showdown against North Carolina Tar Heels at the end of the month on the same day as the Sun Bowl that the pit football Panthers will take on the UCLA Bruins. What a day that'll be. We should watch it somewhere. Well, John, what if I told you that a loyal Suns Sun Bowl watch party, a loyal Suns Bowl watch party is already in the works with our dear, dear friend, Archie Manning, the owner of Archie's in Southside, some of the best damn wings you can find in the city. And we are putting it together so that you can watch the pit basketball and football game that day at Archie's. 80 cent wing deal and a pitcher deal, uh, the confines of which to be determined. Um, and and you, you, John, can come watch with the loyal sons and root on your pit panthers. What if I told you that? Wings, beer, sports, say less. Pit sports. What, what a day! We're going to have more details about it, uh, up on the Twitter here once we figure everything out with Archie. 
Archie is the man. He is an all-time pit guy, all-time North Hills guy, and and you know we love our North Hills guys, uh, and and he is a a loyal son to the nth degree. Uh, if if you ever want a a wild story um, about a player whose name you forgot from the nineteen eighty four pit team, uh, go down to Archie's, grab yourself a pitcher and a a fat stack of. Buffalo Ranch Wings, the best in the city, I swear to you, uh, and and ask for Archie, and Archie will will tell you a tale that'll have your head spinning. One of our, really one of our favorite places in the entire world, um, and, and we're so excited that we get to watch Pitt play UCLA there. Squid, I'm pretty sure we watched... The Sun the Bowl the last time, time yeah. <laughs> the last time they played in the Sun Bowl, we watched it at Archie's. There wasn't much of a watch party, it was just us, but... We watched them take on Stanford, watched our buddy Elijah's ice <laughs> lose <laughs> to the Stanford Cardinal. But yeah, Archie's a great place. It's going to be a fun time. Hopefully we can have a lot of Pitt fans in there, have it rocking. And for the last game of the year, let's just all get together and root, eat and drink and have a, have a ball. Great way to round out 2022. Wouldn't want to be anywhere else. Wouldn't want to be watching anything else. Wouldn't want to be eating anything else. Yeah, so so be on the lookout on Twitter. We're gonna be pushing those details out. Um, and honestly, I I really want to reemphasize the Buffalo Ranch Wings thing. I I think they're on the ranch. menu is Spicy Ranch. Yeah. There's a a little bit of a rebrand, but the same uh, incredible wing sauce that that Archie's got uh you know whipped up back there. Um, it, it's gonna be a lot of fun. This is our first official watch party, right? Yeah, never done. I mean, we did the Kenny Pickett thing once, but it wasn't as, you know, come one, come all. Right. It'll be a good time. We're going to have a whole lot of fun and we're going to beat them Bruins. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> but we'll do some preview of that game, hopefully over the next couple of weeks here. But keep that on your radar. Look out for our Pitt Volleyball Panthers this Thursday, 930 p.m. Eastern time. Cat Flood can't miss TV. Everybody tune in. Please win in volleyball. Please Please. and spike. Get some recruits too. Maybe land another transfer. I hope that Derek Davis thing is real. Get some spicy ranch wings like this week so that like you're your body's accustomed to them so that you can eat a hundred of them on the 30th. Please. Please one.